0: 7.45. 3 o'clock. Okay. We're so, rolling. Oh. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Don't Drink the Tea. You know, I heard, I read somewhere that like when a podcast or a radio show like comes back from a break or starts and the person is laughing while they say the thing that they were going to like, welcome back to um, 192.6. 192.6. That it makes people more inclined to keep listening because they think that people are having fun. Inclined, so exactly. huh? Inclined. Oh. So <laughs> can you do our intro but laugh? Yeah, <laughs> welcome back to Don't Tea, everybody. My name is Zach. I forgot to <laughs> tell you what it's about. <laughs> Isn't that the Chrissy Podcast where we go over her books and review them one by one? I'm
1: Zach. I'm Josh. I'm Charlotte. It's all, it's,
0: we're always having a hoot.
1: They are hooked now. They're, hooked. They're, def- they're locked in for the next hour and a half. Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We're coming back from... We're our, glad
0: we're here. Yeah, we're coming back from a brief hiatus. <laughs> we're all together. We're going to talk about some books. Whew. Zach is thrilled. I'm thrilled. <laughs> and we're going to I always
1: wonder what he promises you that keeps you coming back. I'm glad. I mean, it wouldn't be the same without he's
0: you. He's usually like, do you want to go to Burger King? And yeah. It's like, it's, like, do you, it's like when you t- tell a dog that yeah. he's going to go to the park, and then you make the other turn towards the vet. And when he know. sees me heading to the studio... He's, like, <laughs> looking around and he's like, This isn't the way to Burger King! No! no! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. We got some exciting exciting games that Zach is going to have out. Fool sharing. And Ooh. Zach is always here for the commentary. I'm always here for the commentary. Today we are talking about Agatha Christie's 1944 novel, Towards Zero. Yes, we are. And I learned something interesting about just that title, that... To say towards zero is British grammar. As in us Americans should say toward zero. With no S. Right. Uh, but okay. But us hip for- folks will say towards with a Z. Right. Zero. <laughs> towards. And then you just make it one word, towards zero. Towards zero. Exactly. It's one word. It's it's not even hyphenated. <laughs> towards zero is a novel uh not featuring Poirot
1: or Merkel. It's a standalone. Yes, it is. Uh but it does have a reoccurring character. Yes superintendent battle battle yes yes who
0: has been in he was in cards on the table was when he was introduced no no he was introduced in secret of chimneys and seven dials and cards on the table
1: he wasn't in the big four right
0: no okay no those two were the ones he was introduced in and then and then cards on the table is kind of where he gets more of a spotlight
1: okay okay and is this is his final appearance did i read yes this is his final book okay pretty early but
0: yeah she's she's wrapped him up and she talks about him uh like i don't ever think of him as a recurring character
1: uh and this is the right. one obviously
0: where he's the most prominent because he is the detective in this one and he gets right. to shine his personality which
1: he does have in the other books
0: but you know he's pretty minor in those other
1: books it's it, part of just what makes you feel like she did have her own universe yes that definitely. there were side characters but that they didn't get forgotten,
0: right? And they were cross He crossed over with Poirot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, this story, I just wanted to read the plot summary out of uh, John Curran's <laughs> book Agatha Christie's Secret Notebook because I'm also going to be referring to that a couple times in the next two episodes because uh, there's a lot of interesting facts about him. The book is a the summary for it. Before murder interrupts a holiday weekend in Lady Tresillion's house in Gulls Point, we meet a disparate group of people. Not desperate. Desperate. Dis- yeah. yeah. The Disparate Heads. All of their destinies are inextricably linked as Zero Hour approaches. Super Dead at Battle investigates a case where the solution seems obvious. But is it too obvious? Dun dun dun. So towards <laughs> Zero, uh, was this one you had read before? I I
1: read this book a long time ago, but I watched one of the movies first oh yes I did read this I think just in the normal course of it was one of the Agatha Christie's that I owned and picked up and read one day and I always liked the very beginning like she hooks you from like paragraph one or two they're just it's just great she just throws out this huge idea that's so comprehensive and she does a great execution with it
0: yeah like
1: so, it, cause she, what she said or what the character yeah says is that um murder mysteries get it all wrong they start with the murder and work backwards but that isn't the way that it should be because murders are always planned and so much goes into it so really it should be at the end and everything you should be able to experience everything leading up to that exactly
0: which is so
1: simple and so elegant (laughs) simple elegant and so complicated and
0: the only time this book reminds me a lot of cards on the table actually Uh, that one starts with her author's note at the beginning where she's like i wanted to write a story where this was the structure this was the format yeah and that was one with like no clues just psychology and it felt like now later on she's a little more experienced she actually incorporates that note like oh i wanted to make a story w- like this mm-hmm. and she tells you through the voice of a character it's much more natural and you're not going to skip that first chapter like you might an author's note um And just like Cards on the Table, it is one of her most meta stories, I think, before like meta is really a thing. Right. Um, And it's kind of forgotten. Like it doesn't get talked about as much for how modern it is.
1: I I don't feel like people talk about this one enough. Mm -mm, And I also just um, want to say, Zach, is that a new phone? Uh, It's a new phone case. It's a new phone case. (laughs) Ha ha. That is awesome. Where did you get that? Amazon. You know, Ew! It's, it's this—it's
0: this little like store that I found. You know, not a Little a lot of plug, know little about
1: plug it. for our favorite store, Amazon. Yeah, just we just hate this little Amazon. Place. Don't we? I hate Amazon, personally. But uh, well, not a sponsor. Um, Jeff, that's a really cool. Phone, my neighbor by the way.
0: Jeff. So for those at home, <laughs> those at home, it is a cow being abducted by a UFO. <laughs>
1: It's got such cool graphics, and it's a it's really very cute cool art. little cow. Yeah.
0: I'm sure I could have found it somewhere else, but if you want something, you probably can find it on Amazon. Yeah. I didn't look yeah. for this specifically. It just kind of jumped out at me. And my yeah. neighbor Jeff had told him that. Yeah. That's great. He was like, I got some ufos on there.
1: What kind of, <laughs> what kind of phone is that?
0: Uh, iPhone. iPhone 12. Oh, okay. Ooh. I know. Everybody's, everybody's impressed that I have an iPhone 12. I am. And who makes the iPhone 12? Uh, <laughs> Apple does. Is that a reputable company? I've never heard of it. No, actually, they're this little startup that I'm uh, supporting. <laughs> oh, well, you want to give a little plug? Yeah, everybody go to apple.com <laughs> and buy a phone, I guess. All right. If man. you want to be cool and not a loser, two new sponsors. I mean, I'm hoping one day we'll have a big company that's going to make it available. But in the meantime, we'll settle for Apple and Amazon. I was really distracted by that phone cover. We're starting at the beginning of the office. So I again I wanted to read before we started to just set the scre- set this set the stage set there. Set we the what John Curran says about Toward Zero. He's usually right when he talks about a Christie story. Uh-huh. Usually. And he says, Toward Zero is superb Christie. The plot resembles a series of Russian dolls, with one concealed inside the other. The reader is presented with one solution, and within that is another, and behind that yet another. The motivation and clue laying are masterly because the whole plot is predicated on the wrong solution being uncovered and then disproved and the subsequent one being discovered. And there is yet another
1: solution behind that. That sounds far more complicated than it actually is because it's presented so elegantly. Yeah, it is that complicated. It is, it's absolutely. That... But it doesn't read that right. complicated. Because she's
0: able to, to sum up such a complicated plot and make it you i mean you get the the sum up of this in a couple pages because yeah yes, she's just so good at conveying even in her prose conveying incredibly complicated ideas in a very simple way
1: yes she is and m- almost this entire book is dialogue yeah. so you are learning everything through conversations which if you think about what you just read mm-hmm. as and that that okay so you have this complicated plot this Fresh new idea of how to present something, and then you decided to present it almost completely by the characters themselves. Wow, she was crazy. Yeah, crazy, brilliant. Especially like the the
0: this book, the time she's writing and she's at her prime. The characters in the book are so strong. Like this book says that the characters are unusually strong, Uh and so that's kind of like discrediting her. But you know especially in this era, the books that we've seen, the characters are very vivid. And you spend a lot of time with them, and she's doing what she does best, which is the the jumping, the little vignettes, jumping from character to character. And some of these characters are the ones that that really stick with me throughout all of the Christie work. Mm -hmm. So the setup, of course, is Lady Tresillian's house. She has um, Neville Strange, which is her nephew, or godson?
1: A, yeah, it was <laughs> you know, her, obscure. You know,
0: her husband loved Neville and was like, you know, had this inheritance for him that was... Yeah. That wrapped up in something, but Lady Tresillian's still alive. She doesn't really care for him all that much because yeah. he's, he's just kind of an arrogant jerk. And Neville Strange is a tennis player. And he has an ex-wife, Audrey Strange, and he's married now to Kay Strange. And, you know, they all separately always holiday at Gull's point, at Lady Tresillian's home.
1: Yeah. But... But then he's like one day like, hey, we should all be friends. Why don't we all go at the same time? Yeah, me and both my wives. <laughs> and everybody's like,
0: that's a horrible idea. What's and, wrong with you? And he's like, actually, that sounds really fun.
1: Yeah, Can let's do, do that? that.
0: And you could guess how fun that actually goes. Uh, very tense for the mm-hmm. whole family. Uh, lady Tresillian's a very old-fashioned lady. She's not having any of it. And, and it's very clear... Throughout this uh, little holiday that Neville still has feelings for his first wife. Mm-hmm. And, but there's also a little uh, concern about who actually put that idea out there that all these people are going to get together. Was it actually Neville? Was it Audrey in the first place? I love
1: that they keep bringing that up because it never feels forced. Mm-hmm. Even though you know it's important, it just keeps getting thrown out there right and it, it's it's just she just does a really good job with doing that and also i love that i love the character of lady trisillian I, do you never you ever hear her mm. first name camilla that's it camilla thank you um i only know later, that i only know that because it's uh in my
0: directly front right of your face characters yes <laughs> um i love that there's a cast of characters in this book because usually i'm
1: like scratching my head because this one i read like months ago but since um, the cast of characters are sitting in front of me and they're
0: great characters
1: it's it's all right there Later on, like halfway through the book, they just start calling her Lady T. Yeah. Which is really fun. Don't drink. She's so, she's such a good character. She is. Um, And I know we'll talk later about the the film adaptation, the BBC adaptation. Mm -hmm. Um, But just on paper, she is great. Right. She also, I I think all of the characters in this one feel pretty fleshed out. Yeah, I think they all are too.
0: She also has Mary Alden, who is her, like, devoted companion. I really mm. like her, too, because her, like, whole life is taking care of Lady Trusillian. Um And, you know.
1: She's really upset that that she's 35, which yeah. I feel like, for back then, even back then, I feel like that was a little harsh. She was like, my whole life's gone. I'm 35, by the way, in case anybody wants to know. Like, that's, <laughs> like, part of her. Yeah, I think that's her she actually
0: 35. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's also Kay... There's a guy that's always following Kay around.
1: Oh, yeah. Latimer. His name
0: is Ted Latimer, and it's, like, her boyhood chum. Um, And he's always popping up, like, around her no matter where she is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always the thing that he's obviously in love with her, and she likes stringing him along. And then there's Thomas Royd, who is... Uh, always loved audrey and that's very clear he's kind of like a sad sap that also hangs around and that sounds like a lot and i know we're just presenting these characters it sounds like a lot that you would have trouble keeping track of like you can with some of the bigger casts but they're they all have a lot of screen time and they're all very realized so quick because
1: christy's so Mm -hmm. good at summing up a a character in two paragraphs Mm -hmm.
0: and you get to know them all very very well
1: um uh, yeah what are we gonna call spoilers for this one I feel like we almost have to. I think we it, should because it's
0: in the nature of what makes this book so awesome. And
1: right, because I just feel like we'd be hampered by the things that we. Yeah, because we about keep being and like, <laughs> and that's <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry, what I was gonna say now sounds really rude. I was oh, gonna I say no. I was gonna say what's even more annoying, and not by not like what's even more annoying than the noise you just made. That's not what I meant at all. What's even more annoying? <laughs> if we didn't call spoilers is that we just constantly have to stop ourselves and be like, well, you just got to read it to understand, to talk right. about how good it is. So yeah, you know what, if you, if you want to read this, which we recommend, awesome yeah, stop it right now. You know? And this isn't one of those books that it's like, oh, it's a twist book.
0: I mean, all mystery ones are like that, but it's like, it's not just the ending that's good about it. It's a right. fantastic book up to that point, but the ending is one of her best, even though it's like one that she used slightly. Otherwise, uh, but this is, I think, the best she ever did it. Um, so Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, At the beginning, there is a character named Mr. Treves, played brilliantly by uh, Tom Baker in the BBC version. Yes. He's the one who sets this all up about, isn't he? Yeah, he's about murder being um,
1: happening yeah, he's at the just... end of the
0: story because he's a lawyer. And he gets to this, to Gull's point, and he has this really interesting story about these kids that he knew they were out practicing shooting bows and arrows like me and zach do always out shooting our our bows we're archers right and the (laughs) only reason that this didn't happen to us is because that we're both really bad aim but one of the kids got shot in the eye with the arrow and died and they're like oh it's a horrible accident and then but mr treves says that somebody saw the other kid uh practicing like aiming like the day before so, maybe it wasn't such an accident. he's like, and I'd also be able to identify that person because they had a particular like physical physical peculiarity, identity. I think he called it, and yeah. Christy just peppers in through the whole
1: book. It's not forced because you kind of have to force it in a in a movie well, and yeah, and she was doing that way before he even yeah. he doesn't reveal that until like what two thirds yeah, I'm jumping around, yeah, but yeah, but you he she was setting up for that mm-hmm. way before, yeah, because
0: one character has. Uh, Mary, she has the streak of white in her hair. I don't mm-hmm. want to get mixed up with the movie, but I think it's pretty faithful. Yeah. Um, Audrey has like a scar on her ear.
1: Yes. Uh, Neville has one finger longer, th- one pinky finger longer than the yeah. other.
0: Thomas has an arm that is was injured. Thomas has an arm. Thomas has two arms. <laughs> and so they all have these oddities. So any one of them could be uh, who he's talking about. Oh,
1: and Kay Strange has like super, super, like they're always talking about her red hair. Yeah. Like, redder than it should be. Like, it's scary red. <laughs>
0: so he gets back to his hotel. He has a bad heart. There's an out-of-order sign on the elevator. And he's like, oh, it's fine. I can walk up. And he dies of a heart attack walking up the steps. Later on, they find out the elevator wasn't even out of order. This all happens in within the book. And it's not even, like, the main murder. Right. It's just, yeah. like, a, one of the pieces that she has going on. The main murder is Lady Tresillion. Yes, who uh, gets killed because you know she she has this big fight with Neville and she's going to what is the threat she makes? Is there any threat she makes? Um, they have a big she was... about money and about him. Not, being
1: no, because she doesn't have any control of his of right. whether he gets money just or not until she dies. Um, She's gonna send Audrey away, right? Right, because he's she keeps hearing like you know the fool he's making of himself, right? And she respects conduct. Audrey and, and doesn't like him so. Yeah, and he's like, "Don't take it out on her," and which it's it's kind of a stupid thing to argue about, to be honest. But yeah, I
0: mean, he's incredibly arrogant, and like he won't listen to anybody. Uh, she's found dead the next day. Obviously, the number one suspect is Neville, and then Kay, his wife. But then they find out by the will standard that uh,
1: Kay it's a, it doesn't get any money. Yeah, yeah, Kay doesn't get
0: any money, but Audrey gets money because yes. she is stated as his wife in the will.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so that. That complicates things.
1: Yeah. And he doesn't need the money, and he says that a lot, but... He's Audrey a famous does. tennis player, right. Yeah. She's just a simpleton. Yeah. <laughs> and so, one thing that you kind of forget
0: about while you're reading this book is that beginning two pages where they say the murder happens at the end. Like, if I think if you're reading this book for the first time, you're just kind of like being entertained because it's just a perfectly uh-huh. good mystery, that either you forget or you think like, well, these murders happen in the middle. Two murders happen in the middle. Right, Like, this book was bragging about murder supposed to happen at the end. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later, but she does that m- so well that you probably will forget what happened on the first page uh-huh. when you're in the middle, and it's going to yeah. come full circle when you get to the end.
1: Right. Yeah. Um. So I see you have the, the Secret Notebook book about yes. Secret Notebooks out. Um. A book that I do not have with me, I think probably because you have it now. But one that references this a lot, and it's also nice extra reading, is uh, the Science of Murder mm-hmm. by Carla. Is it Valentine or yeah. Valentina? Valentine. One of those. I think like, it's Valentine. Yes. Um. She talks a lot. Well, she talks about like all of Christie's books, mm-hmm. but she talks a lot about this one specifically because there's so much forensic evidence in it, and it's very she knew new at the time, right? And she was, uh, you know, saying how good Christy was with it because she was part of the detection club there were members of the detection club who were um not even just like previous employment or previous jobs in like crime detection they were currently working like was it not a chief of police or something I know there was a, yeah. there were like some pathologists and some yeah uh, they had they like had real knowledge from there right and so they and she read a lot of articles mm-hmm. in scientific journals so yeah, there's a lot of... And again, it feels like it would be too complicated. That She's just... That Christy was adding too much. But it all works. And she it's,
0: makes it so simple. Because yeah. there's talk about hair, uh, you know, identifying somebody by their hair. Mm-hmm. Fingerprints are involved. Blood splatter is involved, which are all th- three things that weren't... Whenever they were being used in mystery fiction, they were always completely untrustworthy
1: right so it's not even just oh okay here we have a potential murder weapon with fingerprints on it Mm -hmm. like okay should be cut and dried but they're like no it couldn't have been this person it's like all right fine well then they wore gloves it's like no they couldn't have worn gloves because that would have smudged fingerprints it's like wow so many layers
0: yeah and she like i I appreciate that book talking about that like she always knew her stuff like she Uh wouldn't include these things if she didn't know about it Right. Um, she wanted it to be represented accurately. And so uh, pretty much what they they begin to figure out by s- searching through all this evidence is that someone is trying to to uh, frame Neville Strange because they, they wore his jacket, uh-huh. they used something that had his fingerprints on it, yeah, all to frame him. So they stop thinking about who would want to kill Lady Tresillian. And then they're like, okay, well, who would want to frame and hang because you would still get hanged? Right. Who would want to hang Neville Strange? Which would be the
1: end of right? So, and it and ne- it, it appears Neville's alibi is completely accidental. Mm-hmm. I guess that kind of ruins it. But anyway, it seems like just a pure chance, yeah, that he gets an alibi. So, um, Zach, am I talking loud? No, you're fine. Okay, good. Am I talking so, pretty? So just uh, you're talking ooh <laughs> I can't hear at all out of my left ear, so I just want to make sure I'm not yelling really loud. What? <laughs> I've been transcripting
0: everything that happens in the podcast so far and showing her. We've been editing out the pauses.
1: What? <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, so he said, let's move on. See that? There? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. And then you said thank you. What? <laughs> and then I said,
0: he said, let's move on. You said, "Oh, I
1: hope, you. <laughs> I hope the closed captioning is better than the movie I watched last night."
0: He's talking really ooh-ooh right now. Oh, okay, and I just want you to know that. So <laughs> have, when you're imagining what he's saying, if you can imagine like his fingertips touching like this as he talks, <laughs> and my yeah. mouth being like a W, yeah. And okay. so he's like, like oh, like two finger guns pointed at each other uh-huh. and like touching, <laughs> and his mouth's a little W, and he has like one foot up in the air and his head tilted.
1: Wow. Yeah, and I'm wearing,
0: like, a, a little vest.
1: That's a lot to imagine. <laughs>
0: and he's got cute socks on, but just you can't a, see
1: Just a little, just a little. Just a little you have boring socks on. Yeah, they're white. Nothing personal, just, they're just boring. Anyway, <laughs> so are mine today. it's They're just gray. Yeah. Well, you were wearing Crocs. You don't need to wear Crocs and crazy socks.
0: Yeah, that'd be too much. That'd be too yeah. much. Our heads would explode. You
1: didn't have. You don't have. If you're wearing Crocs, you don't have anything to prove.
0: It's true. It's, it's shown that I've given up
1: enough. <laughs> I got nothing to prove to nobody. <laughs> so yeah, um, what 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 is what is there? What I mean, is there plots, to say? characters. Yeah. It's. It feels like a cop-out just to say they're all awesome.
0: Yeah. Up to this point, it's all told perfectly. Perfect pacing. Pretty much universally, you can everybody agrees that this is a great book among the Christie fandom, usually. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't get a lot of attention outside. Like There are a couple movies, but straight to screen, usually. Pretty obscured. Um, she did do a screenplay of it. Uh, it just didn't get picked up. Uh, I could see how this wouldn't be that... It could be done well I think for the stage
1: it I think it's a I think it translates well into a movie because yeah. of all the dialogue because of the the well-rounded characters It feels like a very visual book but I don't know it I think something would be compromised if you had to be um to cut it down to just whatever the sets would be like two or three set pieces mm-hmm. um because you do kind of travel around a lot yeah. in this book. In her Secret Notebooks, it
0: talks about she had a, le- a letter from a publisher that talked about a, n- a new end to the book, meaning we don't know what the old end was. This was the new end. Oh. And, of course, there's always speculation with several of her stories that she changed the killer. I do not believe that because the thing with Christy is that the killer is almost always exactly who it has to be for I the f- book to work. I don't think there's any other way for this book to work. I don't think so either. So
1: she probably just
0: changed something with the uh, day
1: yeah. Um oh, you know about it, what it was. Because the 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 very very end, which I feel like you have to specify with Christy a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is this like there's the there's the sum up and then there's but sometimes even after that mm-hmm. you like you cannot skip. You have to read till it says the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but at at the very very end like you think Aud- Audrey's going to end up with one person and she ends up with somebody else. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably that. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like was probably the quote, the air quotes, new ending.
0: Yeah. That might have been a publisher. Ev- evidently, she, her publisher was a little uh, needy around here because we'll talk about changes in Death Comes
1: as the End. Right. Because, yeah, when you said that, I'm like, wait a minute, that's the next book. That's not this one.
0: Yeah. Death Comes <laughs> as the End also has a change, and also I don't necessarily think may have been the, the identity of the murderer because Wasn't I Wasn't also... that the one
1: where we were supposed to speculate? We can, yes. Okay.
0: And there's also speculations in this, but I'm not 100% sure. That there was a different identity to the murderer, but we'll get to that when we talk about
1: that one.
0: <laughs> but you know, it's w- almost always with Christy, That's I'll read a book. Mugs away. Yeah, almost like, always I'll read a book, and I'm like, it, it could. It's not. You. Know, it's not anybody else. That's for a lesser author. It is always who she says is always the person who did it. Right. I would, which is stupid to say, but I mean, it could. There is no alternate ending. Like in this book, that cannot end any other way because right the whole book, it's not like. They say some authors do where they they get to the end and then they, they read it back and then they pick uh-huh. a name out of a hat. Like the whole book is constructed around that solution to
1: make it. Right. Perfect. I feel like it had to be. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there Especially are... Especially this one. Yeah. No, this one in particular. Yeah. Um, I feel like probably there are some people who could go through and read it and like present you with a seemingly plausible case mm-hmm. for another person. But I don't want that. I I want what she did. (laughs) And it could be possible
0: by the facts of the book, but also not only did she make it where it was possible in the book, but also thematically satisfying. Yes. Because she also was an artiste. Yes. Um, Do we want to talk about the solution now?
1: Uh, Probably. Yeah. Why don't you take it? So, so yeah. So we talked about that Neville Strange was uh, being set up because at one point they were just like on the verge of arresting him and superintendent battle was like um i didn't like the case against you but it definitely would have condemned you um do you know anyone who hates you and he's like what everybody loves me and he's like and and this is like the actual words it's like no someone who hates your guts and he still wasn't getting it he's like nobody hates me i'm the coolest boy in the world i'm (laughs) hulu he was standing there with his little w mouth (laughs) um socks So he had to say, like, okay, no, someone was trying to kill you by setting you up to right. take the fall for this. And they made it almost foolproof. And he was like, whoa. Like, oh, man, that changes everything. Um, which is it's so cool because that's what actually was happening, but not with him. yeah He... Neville Strange killed Lady Tressilian, and he set it up to make it look like Audrey Strange was setting him up. (laughs) Yes, to frame her for framing him so that she would... Because that is the end murder. That is where, when the book starts, where it says, okay, this is all of the background leading up to, it was the murder of Audrey by being accused of murder and being... (laughs) Zach's mind is blown. It's okay. I've been listening this whole time, I promise. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why uh-huh. I shocked you
0: so much when got to that twist. Someone got killed? <laughs> this is a murder book? No way. Did you
1: watch the the no. movie? No. Oh, uh, it's a shame. I've
0: re- I told him too late. Oh, okay. A lot, but, yeah, like the book says, a plot resembling uh, Russian nesting dolls. Yeah. I mean, that's the coolest thing in the world that Christie always does that with her endings. And she started since The Mysterious at Styles but she only has gotten it better and better and better, Mm -hmm. is that at the beginning of the book or throughout the book, she's going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And she does that so often, she's like, this is the solution to my book.
1: Kind of like... At um, the beginning. Like a Charlotte Appreciation episode. Yes. And I didn't believe you. At the beginning, we said, there is
0: no punchline. And the twist at the end was that there was no punchline. But it still was surprising. It was actually water. And that's what Christy does. She's (laughs) like, you know, this is how it's going to go. And then it goes like that. And you're like, it's like that Pikachu meme. Christy's like, the murderer is Neville Strange. And then murder turns out to be Neville Strange. <laughs> <laughs> Jaw drop. <laughs> right. You need to make that meme now. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. It's just, it's so brilliant. And I I was telling Charlotte this right after I read it, because I read it a long time ago. This book, of course, there's so many books I love, but this book and Cards on the Table are just so brilliant in that way of how it's so complicated and so simple that when I read this book, it just makes me want to sit down and write. Yeah. like It makes me want to write a novel- one-tenths as good as this because (laughs) i'm so as somebody who loves mystery i love all the kinds that she does but i'm most attracted to the way that she she knows the mechanics of a mystery like she knows how to construct one better than anybody else in the universe Mm -hmm. and just how she gets those gears and understands them better than anybody else does yeah we can't even wrap our heads around how could i present that information to fool anybody how can i fool somebody by telling them the truth yeah
1: and it's just because she kept it simple Right. And so many people, e- even if you handed them, like, okay, here's the basic premise, here's the beginning, here's the end, they would have made it so clunky and heavy and yeah, uh, a slog to read that it wouldn't have been so satisfying and enjoyable. And you read it because you care about the people. Right. But still, it's a, it's a great solution. And that's well. one of the reasons why she's so great is that she
0: condenses everything to its simplest form. Obviously, there's red herrings and there's embellishments, but at its core, it's an incredibly simple story, and it yep. almost always is. The, the The Notebook talks about murder at the Vicarage, another one exactly like this. Yeah. Death on the Nile. Um, most of her great works are very, very simple stories that are only complicated because you overthink them.
1: Right, yeah. Because most people leave them to their own devices. They are going to complicate it themselves. You don't have to do that for them. They will They will crowd it in their own mind while they're reading this. Yes. I love this book. I want to kiss it.
0: <laughs> I want to kiss this old lady on the cover who's half a skull. I dare you. How much? I dare you. A double, I triple dog dare you.
1: How much? I did it. Great. Now you've
0: got old lady death. <laughs> on your mouth uh, uh, let's talk about the the one uh pretty much basically the one mainstream movie version of this which is surprisingly the agatha christie marple movie version they add marple yes. to the story she's a friend of lady Tressilian. that's pretty much all they need to do and she's part of the investigation and they
1: take away battle yeah it's, superintendent and, not in at all. and they kind of
0: give his role to uh, alan Davies. alan davis yeah davis yeah. and sorry and I always say babies. Everybody does that. It's fine. And, uh, but they keep essentially everything else the same.
1: Yeah, they and do. They do cut out. Um, there's one person who's kind of on the fringes that she tries to make a little bit more important than he actually is. And I can see why she did. And it doesn't not work. But the fact that the, it works the fine without Angus McWhorter character, which I think is yeah. actually his name, completely disappears in know. the film version. And like you don't need him. You don't miss yeah. him at all.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of cool, too, that, you know, the book can take away a lot of the parts about it. It can strip away that incredibly meta part because it's just conveyed it on the screen. You don't get that on the text the same way you would. It still functions as a brilliant murder mystery because even if you took away that element, it still is an amazing mystery.
1: Yeah, and I think that they left, I think the dialogue is almost, like almost straight from the page. There's very little that they added or took away. And the um, casting is amazing it was really good cast the lady the woman who played Lady Tresillian was, was absolutely perfect because mm-hmm. like uh, Miss Marple and it's it's a Geraldine McEwan, which makes right. it better which is the better half people have been yes. I've heard people saying the Julia McKenzie's are better they're incorrect oh they're horrible I've been re-watching they're so there's bad there's a few that
0: are good but there's
1: Geraldine oh. McEwan's batting average when she was at the bat <laughs> it's so much better now I have an image of Miss Marple as played by Geraldine McEwen put me in coach. <laughs> yeah like she's having a conversation with the old lady and she keeps trying to just speak you know and Mm -hmm. and lady lady t just you know cuts her off is always talking over her um but she just does it in such a good way i think all the characters are very fleshed out um and i I love alan davis like he's really good in it he he is before with marple yeah and i think you have to be kind of a like a british television snob to know who he is but he is (laughs) i don't know if that got on on recording when we talked about what would the charlotte app be which
0: was (laughs) my theory was that it would it would tell you where a british actor had been in previously
1: who's that guy who's in this be like oh no that was the guy who played this in that that was alan davis (laughs) but you know in in england he's like he's like national treasure status yeah Yeah, he's like nick cage exactly As soon as it came out of my mouth, I <laughs> He's like, book of <laughs> secrets, big. <laughs> little green man. He did a really nice job, though. Because it's not often yes, that you see did. him playing a straight character. Yeah. Or like a um, a, a non-comic a relief yeah. character. Yeah, because he's playing the inspector. And what mm-hmm. what do they name it? Like Mallard or something? It's it's this like is a funny, yeah, it's a funny name. Yeah, and but he does a really good battle, job. And that would be fine, because he does play like but the he doesn't, same personality I think, a little bit. I, yeah, I think the, the physicality was way off. Yeah but um it is kind of neat because like in the book there's always talk about this huge difference between Audrey Strange as a character and Kay Strange and like here's Neville has married these two completely different women he seems to have feelings for both and that's kind of like the confusion of mm-hmm. because they're so different yeah. they're completely opposite um and then i like that in the in the movie or in the the tv thing the way they did it was that there's there's alan davis's character and then like his assistant whatever sergeant whoever they always hang around in twos. um when they interview Kay strange who's like the flashy Mm. uh young wife that the sergeant is like all flush third and can't like talk he can't keep his eyes off her he can't focus and then when audrey comes in who's like classic more dour and and like just you know they talk about her being very ghost like and kind mm-hmm. of gray, but that she has beautiful bones, which is just an interesting way of she saying that she has like very
0: strong bone structure in her
1: face. Yeah, but that they she's has a presence to her and all the stuff. And anyway, and in in the movie, then they made uh, Alan Davis's character be all flustered and couldn't yes. talk and ask questions when she was there. So I feel like that really did a nice way of showing how different these characters were, but that also they were. They were unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and how different, their, the effect they had on the men in their lives, yeah. I think. They did a really good job with that. It was yeah. very subtle.
0: Casting was great.
1: The it music great. In, in this one is great. I love
0: the music. Uh, the music in the Marvels is always great and very distinct to each episode, I feel like. Especially the Geraldine McEwan's mm-hmm. And, um... Oh, uh, there's something else, else. Oh, um, one of the best parts is at the end when Miss Marple's doing this sum up and she uh, pushes a man off a boat into the ocean by yeah. nudging his knee. That's pretty sick. Um It was fabulous. I think she that was just she's so smooth about just it. Too. Sitting there, she's like, like <laughs> She's on a
1: boat, she's always knitting, which is weird to me. But she's like la 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 and he's like, I can't swim. She's like, boop, and over he goes. It's true, he couldn't swim. Um <laughs>
0: be crazy if he drowned. That's <laughs> Miss Barbell's fault. She'd be like, Okay, anyway <laughs> I I've always she's like, thought but he died
1: telling the truth
0: because <laughs> I I watched this one before I read the book which I always hate myself for doing
1: yeah but
0: I I have always loved this one
1: I think they yeah. just do
0: such a good job and I think it is even though she's not even in the book I think it is one of the best episodes of Marple. it that is they did. yeah it's excellent and pretty cool that I I gave that challenge when you said that none of the marbles were good and I said there were a few and we've done two in a <laughs> row that you've liked <laughs> yes it's true and Moving Finger. Yeah,
1: they were they were both good. And I think they're in the same both, They're in season one or two. Yeah, I both think they're, they're not back wins. to back, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They and, were both very well done. And Julia McKenzie will have some good ones. We'll run into those. But Geraldine like McKenzie
1: just had. Name one? I said like one. Yeah, Mirrorcraft <laughs> is good. We did the Blue Geranium. I think that was pretty decent. Oh, yeah, I need to rewatch uh, that. Grinshaw's Folly. I think Kirby Mystery is not bad. Grinshaw's Folly wasn't bad, yeah. but I don't remember the story so anyway that was a short story one anyway anyway (laughs) uh did you have anything else to say about the book do you want to rank this baby
0: oh i think we should let's rank this baby Baby. that's the (laughs) that's the ranking theme song for now on don't forget (laughs) okay the only thing i have to worry about is harmonizing (laughs) (laughs) so i um i always rated on my goodreads first and bring that up i gave towards zero a five-star rating on goodreads because i believe that this is a five-star book it is brilliant it is a masterpiece and i am not stalling because charlotte's not in the room right now holy crap (laughs) so i would give this let me guess you said
1: this was a five-star book (laughs) i'd
0: give this book five stars
1: yeah i think it deserves it i knew that you were going to do that and i so i was like okay how can i like start an argument this how can i be like well, you know, I would say four point five, and the only thing that I can do, and it's really not even fair, just it would just be nitpicky is the thing at the end, yeah, where it's like, oh, i you're going to marry me, Audrey, out of nowhere, and it was yes it, it was it was um it it was a a poor choice for the very, very ending. But again, I feel like that was probably her publisher. Would be like, "Can you make them fall in love?" Mm, yes, <laughs> and she was like, "Ugh," and wrote one sentence. And was like, I, that's I, I agree, that's like the one part of the whole book where I was like, "Eh," but it wasn't
0: enough that like would make me drop it. It was anyway. like, "What? This is ruining that." No, yeah,
1: but not. I could, I could agree to four point five and meet in the middle. But <laughs> just seven, I don't I guess. like because I was thinking, okay, how this is going to put it up there with, and then there were none. Which one do I rate higher, and it would well, still be? And then there were none. Yeah, but so there's like, even a if ton. it has to be a four point. We have a bunch that are five stars. Okay,
0: so we have seven that are five stars. Wow. So I can just go through them and say, is it better than? <laughs> is Towards Zero the novel better than Murder on the Orient Express? Yes, in my opinion, absolutely. And I love Murder on the Orient Express. I just it's so much more of an entertaining read. Like yeah. Murder on the Orient Express is like the blueprint, but and this has, this excels this has, over it.
1: This has style points. For it being well-known. Because I, like I don't like mainstream. I don't like mainstream stuff. Is it better? <laughs> Who it said not?
0: that? Zach, you're a freak. Oh, is God. it
1: better than Cards on the Table? Yes.
0: I can agree with that. I have strong feelings for both of them. Yes. Much like Neville. Towards Zero is my K, and Cards on the Table is my Audrey.
1: Oh, see, so you always go back to Now, Audrey. this
0: is the one where, where it'll get testy. Okay. Is Towards Zero better than the ABC murders?
1: Oh. Tasty. In my opinion, in execution, yes, it is. Ow! I still love personal Sorry. choice. I still love ABC Murders yeah. more. And if someone said which one of these should I read, I'm going to say both, but read ABC Murders first. But that is just a personal like, just love for how well she did something that other people sure. have done so badly. But as far as like which book is technically better. Like if this was like um, Dancing with the Stars, and like, oh, don't give me all the flashy stuff and distract. So Toward zero is <laughs> let's face, towards zero is Guy Fieri dancing
0: with an yeah. actual dancer, and ABC Murders is Brad Pitt. Oh no, <laughs> um, Flavor <yeah>. Town. <laughs> I'm looking for Guy. I'm just being. I'm just oh being straight up. I'm I'm call in.
1: <laughs> Has he been on Dancing with the Stars yet?
0: I feel like that ha- that's a thing that's. I don't feel like Dancing with the Stars is still a thing. It it? Is. Okay, it is. But I feel like <laughs> they've they they're below Guy Fieri in the in the stars that they can get. Like yeah. they're gonna be like they're trying to get like flow from the progressive commercials or the top of yeah, it, it's bug. it's like um
1: was like season forty
0: five yeah. or something
1: like it's and all the celebrities that would do it are are gone. Yeah. Yeah um okay so, so yeah but as far as like technical points like oh okay ooh, like the way that you executed that tango then definitely towards zero is better than abc movies. and those ones i was pretty sure it would beat out these next ones i don't know
0: honestly like i'll okay. need you to talk talk with me about it in, talk me down talk in me a down. sort of podcast nature this is like such a weird question is towards zero better than the murder of roger Ackroyd? oh
1: man i don't know it's just so different. Do you have opinions, Zach? Um, yeah, but I'm gonna save them for the end.
0: <laughs> save that. maybe we'll forget. Yeah. That's my hope and dream. Ask <laughs> Zach about
1: his. <laughs> Is it it oh man. See, that's the problem with comparing Christy to Christy. Mm-hmm. You run so into different. some. Right. And I I there's probably no wrong answer. And I think that. that people like for example if um aaron was here that he would probably because of the the issues that he has with the ending Mm -hmm. um so or the yeah the reveal so um, and and then you know it's it's so hard with something like murder of roger ackroyd
0: that is so huge in reputation and how it changed literature but you You know objectively towards zero is an improvement in character, in style, in prose. Right, because. It's even a more elaborate twist,
1: I'd say. TBH. Yeah, I agree. I'd put it above. What it. does
0: that stand for? <laughs> Talking about Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Harry, I'd say it is. <laughs> I would put it, it's probably Christie's Sacrilege, but I'd put it
1: above Murder of Roger Okay. I'm not going to argue that point with you. Five Little Pigs. Oh. Yes. You put it above Five Little Pigs? I think so. That one I wasn't sure about. Just because, I mean, Five Little Pigs is great and also has some familiarity, but there was, this This one is, like, how, how, how you can compare it to, like, okay, with Five Little Pigs, she she trimmed down all a lot of unnecessary yeah, things, yeah, and yeah. then it was like, okay, you're down to just, you think that you've gotten down to the bare minimum, and then she's like, no, I can trim it down even more and make it cooler. I feel like that's the only thing that edges it out. But again, not not going to argue if you feel like it's that like one's on tough. par. Yeah, and that number 2 is Death on the Nile. Oh, is it better than Death on the Nile? The problem is that
0: like, you know, again, Death on the Nile iconic, brilliant, beautiful, tragic. Towards of the zero
1: it was 10 years later. So she's just yeah. a better writer. It feels weird she's saying, saying that it's but better she's... than Death on the Nile because it's not Death on the Nile is good, but like it's flawed. I I, yeah, it is. Like Death on the Nile is more f- like this is
0: near perfect. Right. And Death on mm-hmm. the Nile is like so great that it overcomes its flaws.
1: Yeah. And also it's Same it's with us all head. the time. Yeah. It's also By part me. of it. Which... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to point fingers. And so, then what? And then, and then there one number 1. Death on the Nile is number 2, which surprised me, but Yeah. I I don't know. It's going to have to be your call in the end. Roar! Because you'll lose sleep over it and I won't. Wow. T-Rex boy. I
0: love making lists, so this has been the best five minutes of my life. Um, I don't know. Zach, any input? All I have to say is that towards zero just reminds me of my bank account. So
1: well, Nice. Uh, number
0: one, then, maybe. That's what I'm going to say. Um,
1: that was a good joke. I like it.
0: But, um, Ching. <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's so tough. And it's like, I don't feel like other Christie fans would put it as high as we are, but it's just so, like...
1: And I, and that's one of the reasons that I like it so much is because it's so unknown. You know what? I'm okay with towards Zoo being number two. All right. Go go for it. Do it. The
0: that, for me, mega Christie fan, is a <laughs> huge shock. Yeah. And it's so cool that we have that
1: mega I love that he's so stars. shocked that he, he's the one that made the decision. You're I like, know. I, did you guys hear what happened on the podcast? Towards Zero is number two. Guys, I did not see that coming. Don't make fun of you, me. No, I'm not. I, I, think, I am us. not making fun at all. I think it's podcast really... Canceled. I like how excited you are by your own decision. <laughs> so
0: that makes eight books in the top five. In the with that are five stars. There are eight books that are top five stars. <laughs> <laughs> that That's how good I am at making a list. That's how I do math. There are eight books that are five stars, which is so cool. And then there were none towards that's zero. Death in the Nile, Five Little Pigs, Murder by Dragweight, ABC Murders Cards of the Table, Murder on the Rice Press, and then NRM and Moving Finger
1: Rounding at the top ten. Wow. Those are
0: some brilliant novels.
1: Yes. And and I think if you were to look at other top ten lists, ours is better. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> And it's, I mean, and then there were none towards Zero, Five Little Pigs. Those three, and and, and NRM, these three books were written so close together in this period. Uh Like, she is on fire. And I cannot wait to talk about the next book. Next time, we're going to be talking about the most unusual story ever told by one of the truly great mystery story writers, as it's captioned on its cover. The most unusual story ever told, it's, evidently. It's, <laughs> it's bizarre. Death Comes as the End, Agatha Christie's Ancient Egypt Murder Mystery. I feel like that I episode's just going to so be
1: weird just in general. Like, I feel like something is going to happen. Like, the lights are going to go Zach's out. Zach's going to uncover or... a tomb. <laughs> I might. <laughs> Zach was looking pretty shady over there. Like He was like, oh, you have no idea what's going to happen. I I am so excited to
0: talk about this book. Because, you know, I know Death Comes as the End is not going to rank number two or number one. But Death Comes as the End is... The book that I... It's not a book you can talk about with a Christie fan. Like, it has to be a hardcore Christie fan. Yeah. For you to sit down... Because everybody
1: else is going to go, what?
0: And dish out on Death Comes As The End. And I'm going to nerd the heck out on
1: Death Comes As The End. So I'm so excited. (laughs) Zach is like, I think this is about time for me to have uh, another kidney stone right about now. (laughs) I need a snack. (laughs) Let's play a
0: quick game. So this segment is a little segment we thought we'd do. A little light Way to get some things off our chests. This segment is called I Confession. <laughs> I Confession. Exactly the Eye Confession theme song. I Confession. <laughs> We've been in the studio for months and months. And when we hit on that, we were like,
1: that, that's it. That's, that's the, the one.
0: one. It was like the genius when they came up with, we are farmers. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum.
1: You can't change, perfect.
0: You can't. I and mean, how perfect. does the, our theme song go again? <laughs> uh, <the> <laughs> confessions. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all gonna talk about confessions that are just kind of like embarrassing things that you know we'd rather not confess, but we're so, gonna do. On so the
1: uh, I, I'll get us started by saying I confess that you told me we were doing this twice, and I still didn't get it. I was like, <laughs> "What are we doing?" And then I was like, "You know what? I'm just not gonna think about it because uh, it'll just be in the moment." Well, so I completely go, put it out of my head, mostly third, because I think wasn't listening. Well, what's new? Okay.
0: Let's go back and edit so, the Charlotte Appreciation so episode. I have, a, I have a new note. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to start with one that's pretty mild, and it was something I thought of the other day that really embarrassed me. So back in the day, I was using... This, is, this part is enough. I don't even have to tell the story. I was using Yahoo Messenger. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, I using Yahoo so cool. Messenger throwback. And my profile pic on Yahoo Messenger, where you could like how update can you your laugh status, about this? was half of Poirot's face. <laughs> <laughs> Look for David Suchet looking through the door. It is, and I found the shot because I watched it the other day. Uh, is in his version of Murder on the Orient Express, he like peeks his head out, he, and I'm like, "That's the shot that used to be my Yahoo Messenger." And then this whole image came back to me. Wow! Where, back then, I don't believe you're old enough for that. Oh yeah, I mean, I I don't know how old I was using it. I mean, ten I mean, maybe. I, Younger than that, maybe. I, I feel think.
1: like if I said I was using Yahoo Message, be
0: like, oh, that's because you're old." No, well, we all. Were. I remember it because uh, I had gotten my first email, which was a Yahoo email as well, mm-hmm. and I we thought it was so cool that we could talk to each other on there, except Ravers. the fact we lived <laughs> next door to each other. Yeah, and we'd be like, "Hey, how you doing?" And then we'd have to wait for the other person to get on their desktop computer <laughs> to see their Yahoo message. Oh man! So back then, I had a friend that lived far away. And that's how I would talk to them on Yahoo Messenger. And I also fancied myself to be a brilliant writer. But I would keep it, like, secret.
1: I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to talk about my books. but I Like Quarrow hiding half but his I his face. I, but I want people to talk and, about and my visually, books. And visually, I just want everyone to know that when Josh talks about that picture, he puts his hand up <laughs> between his nose, like, on his nose Which, to divide his covers face of my and nose. <laughs> and so
0: I was writing at the time I was talking to him. And I remember it was a stupid story about these people going on a boat towards an island and it was like really foggy or something and sounds awesome <laughs> and so my way of introducing that I was a really awesome writer without having to say it was I copy and pasted a segment of the story, messaged it to him, and then messaged him and said, "That was an accident. Don't read that."
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> And he now, I don't think he commented on it. So
0: <laughs> didn't really work that well. Yeah. <laughs> or you could have messaged it to him and said, What do you think about well, this? Well it's out there. what do you think? <laughs> I was such a stupid little idiot.
1: But but the the way you absolutely the foolproof way you knew to get him to read it is to say that was an accident. Right, do don't not read, read it. Back. Yeah. If you tell someone, don't read this chapter,
0: you know, that's the you way you get read to read it. Yeah. Zach, do you have an eye confession? Yeah. So
1: <laughs> Did you know that? It, did he tell you we were going to yes, do this? Yes. Okay. Probably the same amount of times I told you. Okay. So <clears> no <throat> offense. Josh.
0: Josh knows this one because I I just told him this one you day it to me. randomly and he had shame in his eyes when I had told him about this. So um, Alana had like she she went to go on a trip to Connecticut with her aunt okay. uh, one day and so I got home from and that's work important kids yeah and I got home from work and she wasn't there. And it was just me alone in the house. And I was, like, I was watching TV, doing what you do, you know. And I go to the fridge and I pull out a brand new quart of orange juice. Like, it's like 1.6 quarts or whatever it is. And that's (laughs) important to know because in one sitting, I drank the entire tub of orange juice.
1: Oh, my gosh. And
0: I felt so bad afterwards. (laughs) Not emotionally, physically. (laughs) Physically. Because I had drank this entire thing of orange juice, not even out of the bottle. Like, I kept filling glass. I felt like I was an alcoholic that kept pouring <laughs> him another glass of whiskey. Hit me. Except it was a tall glass of OJ. Oh, my gosh. Right? And I would drink it. And I got to a point where it's like, I don't want to drink this anymore. And I was almost done. And I was like, but well, you can do it. <laughs> and so I finished She's it. Always and I, I went to go to sleep not long after that because I felt like poop. And I I, I rolled over in bed, and I felt all the liquid in my stomach (laughs) go, and
1: roll over with me. It was an orange juice tsunami. It was rough. I woke up with... Were there repercussions? (laughs) There
0: were. Oh, boy. There was violent bathroom (laughs) repercussions. We were in a bookstore when he chose to tell me this, And he was like, "I threw away the quart because I didn't want you to be able to tell." And I was like, "Zach, if I saw an empty quart of orange juice by your couch, I wouldn't assume you drank it all." Would
1: suddenly be an intervention. And he he kept
0: updating me on more details of this story, like at different times throughout the store. Dead silent. The (laughs) store was completely empty except us and the and the worker. And I was like. Please stop! Like <laughs> that's my favorite time to tell Josh oh awful things <laughs> because like kept wow. coming up with more details, and I said, "And listen, then listen, you can
1: stop." Wow, that's a good confession. That is a good one. I'm yeah. impressed by that. one. A good one. what?
0: What? A good what? That's a good one. A good confession.
1: Yes. I'm not saying. Yes. It's a good <laughs> confess. You have a
0: confession if you don't, if you didn't have time to think. Oh, okay.
1: man. No, I thought of one that was like, that was really funny and promptly forgot it. Um, but one that's happened recently that I felt particularly bad about was, um, I went to, this is kind of two part, but I'll keep it brief. Um, I went to a Dunkin' Donuts and tried to buy a gift card. Um, and I think you guys have heard this story, but I don't think our listeners have. Um and the the girl behind the counter was really struggling with, with her job. Um, and so she kept trying to run the gift card through the spot on the machine that holds the pen. Um, and she just kept, like, raking it, like, as hard as she possibly could through the rubber part that holds the pen. And I was like, no, 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 stop, stop. Like, it physically hurt me to watch her do it. And I was like, no, that, that's where the pen goes. And she's like, whoa. Like she actually made that noise like her mind was blown so anyway i did not get a gift card that day because it just wasn't happening for her so anyway that was a fun story to tell um but then not long after that um i myself um broke the machine at olive garden that they put (laughs) on your table so that you can pay your own bill which used to annoy me but now i really like that you can like do that and have less interaction you know i'm ready to leave okay i don't have to wait for my bill you know that feels barbaric um, so i uh, there was a little bit of confusion between a a chip card and then the ones with the little blue bloop blue bloop bloops on them that you can just swipe or mm-hmm. like scan so the part the place where you scan it is also the place where the receipt comes out so i proceeded to take my card and jam it into the receipt thing and in a complete, like, perfect full circle karma, the waiter walks up and goes no 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 <laughs> exactly like I did with the Dunkin' Donuts. And like, he's like no 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 stop that's not right. And I I broke the machine like it it was you could not wow. get a receipt nothing that is a um, good story. So yeah, so I felt I was pretty embarrassed by that. The people that I I was with thought it was the greatest thing that had ever happened, but um, <laughs> great, great. yeah, like. <laughs> I feel like it. That never would have happened if it hadn't been for the Dunkin' Donuts thing. Yeah, like like those two
0: th- things are, are
1: inextricably linked. Yes,
0: that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good, confession. Confession. Confesh. <laughs> uh, did you have another confession? I do. I have. I have so many confessions. Oh, you have more. Why don't you give all your confessions? So <clears throat> not long ago, I went to the dollar store to. Uh, I think I was buying uh, what we call fun drinks, which is anything but water. Yes. Um, so like soda, lemonade. Yeah, so, something that tastes good to when my somebody taste Something else bugs. would call alcohol, I guess, fun drinks. <laughs> no, my fun drinks is just a drink that's not water. So yeah. soda, juice, lemonade, yeah. tea, whatever it is. Something with flavor. Something with flavor. Mm. And probably some ice cream so that uh, I could have ice cream later that night. So it was going to be a good trip. Well, <laughs> while I was there, I was like... No, actually i went there to get, to get biscuits for dinner but i also loaded up on those okay other all right <laughs> and so i'm there and i'm getting these things and i didn't grab a basket or anything i'm just loading my arms up with more things and mm-hmm. more things and That's i tall. was like oh because i'm a i'm a hot sauce junkie i like hot sauce i like it a lot and so i was out of this one type of hot sauce because i keep multiple in the house yes and i and i see it there and i was like oh i've been forgetting to get this so i uh-huh. grab it and i'm walking through and <laughs> In a moment of desperation, I was like, ooh, because I was really hungry. I was like, ooh, look, some Pop-Tarts. So I, went, I grabbed Pop-Tarts, and at the same time, I dropped the hot sauce bottle, and it shatters on the floor. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, what do I do? And like, I, I can't clean it up because right. I don't have anything to clean it up. And right. I, It's not like I, I there's nowhere to throw away the glass. I don't and, think and, you're expected to clean it up. Right. Yeah. And so I, make it worse. I decided... To buck up and just mention it when I went up to the counter. Because I went up straight to the counter and I wanted to mention it like right away. There was one lady in front of me and the lady who was uh, running the cash register. And I said, hey, I'm really sorry, but I dropped a hot sauce bottle and it it broke on the floor. And the lady at the register started dying laughing. Just Uh, to me, to uh, my face. She was hysterical and she couldn't stop. And she started going to the point where she was like, she was like, sorry, it's just really funny. She's like, like, hey, sorry I ruined your night. Anyway, bye. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't feel like this is that big of a deal. And the lady behind the counter was like, well, at least he was man enough to mention it. People will leave breaking stuff all the time and not say anything. And she just would not quit laughing until she got wow. out. And after I left, she was pulling out. And I saw her point and laugh at me <laughs> oh wow gosh. as she pulled out, so then the next day, <laughs> the day after I go to the dollar store to buy stuff for pizza because I didn't plan to make pizza, but it just came apart. It, the spur of the moment it just store happened you know? and we can't control these things and the dollar store's so close to my to my home that I decided I was going to go again, and so I went again, hoping hoping and and just wanting it to be different people there but of course i go and it's the same two workers and i i didn't grab a second bottle of hot sauce the first time i was there right so i grabbed the bottle of hot sauce that i needed and i went up to the counter with substantially less things in my hands Uh uh-huh and so i get up there and the one girl who was uh uh who didn't see who who it was who broke the hot sauce bottle. Ugh. I put that bottle up to the counter to her and she turns to the other lady who I told and was like, "Hey, you ready to clean up some more hot sauce?" <laughs> oh, and starts no. like running into it, not realizing I was the guy <laughs> oh. who spilled all the hot sauce. Oh my gosh. And I got like so yeah. red and flustered. Oh. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> that guy. And then I like grabbed it and I was like on my way out, just like shielding my face. Oh my and it gosh. was, I can't ever go back to the dollar store. <laughs> that's very embarrassing. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good confession. It's a, it's a confession. <laughs> Is that all the confession you had? I didn't want to take any time from your confessions because I know yours are always better. So,
1: <laughs>
0: one more. <laughs> one more. This one's not nearly as long. Uno, mm-hmm. boss. So, um,. Whenever in the evenings, um, not one of the two of us, me and Alana, want to eat ice cream alone. We like to eat ice cream together as a social activity. It just feels nicer. You probably don't need to explain that as if it's weird. So we get... (laughs) Like, one of the little Ben and Jerry's, and we split it, okay. just so that we're not going to eat too much ice cream in one, you, in one go. And also, they're really expensive.
1: Yeah. Um, do you saw it in half? Like, do you use a knife? And no, it I get a
0: little cup, and we scoop some out into a little cup, and okay. then one of us eats it out of the thing, and the other one eats it out of the cup. Okay.
1: Do you take turns who eats it out of the pint, and who eats it out I of the cup? I always eat it out of the cup. Oh, really? Okay. She likes eating it out of the pint. Yeah, it's satisfying. Yeah. Okay. So I
0: always Continue. eat it out of the cup. So... We're sitting there, and, and we're, <laughs> I'm scooping it out the other day, and a scoop of ice cream falls to the floor, and I just scoop it up and put it in the cup. <laughs> oh, you're so like... It's better <laughs> Jerry's, bro. You and doing? so oh. I just put it in the cup, and Alana was like, are you going to eat that? And I looked at her
1: straight <laughs> in the
0: eyes, and I said, yeah. Thank and you. she was like, that's pretty gross. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's and so then she Jerry's. Put her, and then she put another little scoop in. And then I walked back to the couch and ate yeah. the floor ice cream. Yep, <laughs> that's my last confesh. I don't see anything embarrassing about that at all. I knew Josh would find that embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. I wouldn't eat ice cream off the floor. Probably we ate nachos off the floor that time, <laughs> and I've regretted it ever since. That's a good confesh. We were young. We like we went through all of this thing, and we were like feeling like we were such big adults, like making nachos. And <laughs> in the, the last moment, moment. Put it on the, stove the very last second after it was finished, we were starting to eat it, and it just fell and toppled down onto the floor, and it was disgusting because I had a dog at the time, and we oh, ate it no. anyway. It was nasty. Ugh. We didn't have any other food, right. and nobody was ho- we, and we already was had to get over. It we already hours. had to get our grandma to make the taco meat. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> yeah, we just did the rest. Oh,
1: wow, that's, no. was, that's the
0: worst confession. Well, thanks for tuning in for us <laughs> bearing our souls. I um, think this should
1: be a regular segment. <laughs> yes. I don't know
0: if I have that many I've I've wasted a good number of confessions. Well yeah, but a lot of those happened recently. So That's if we true. if we give it a few months, you'll have some new confession. <laughs> That's true.
1: That's, I feel like it's one of those things like when it comes back to you. Like I had a second one that I thought you guys would really enjoy. And I was like, they're going to get a lot of satisfaction out of this, and I have forgotten it, and that makes me so really next mad, So next time, write it down. Yes. If you have this, write it down. You,
0: uh everybody at home, let us know uh, your confess. If you got a confess, send it in. And we'll <laughs> share yeah. it. And we'll keep it anonymous. So well, even we, if you're yeah, like, yeah, we'll, we'll I have pretend. no love for my family whatsoever, they won't know it's you. If we'll pretend that it's us. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just That's
1: have to draw <laughs> them out of a hat and be like, I have to confess to this thing.
0: Me personally sent into the Instagram, <laughs> I have no
1: love for my family
0: thanks me and we'll remember the theme song which is (laughs) i (laughs) confession Confession. (laughs) thanks for tuning in have a wonderful